0: Hello and welcome! You're listening to Start Again with Shauna Lee, the place where you will be reminded that it's never too late and you're never too old to do the damn thing. So stick around if you're ready to vibe higher and be inspired to chase your dreams. Together we will uncover your soul's truest desires. Now if you're ready, let's get started. Well hello again everyone welcome back to another episode of start again with Shauna Lee today I am going to introduce you to my new friend Tina now listen when I tell you that the universe works in mysterious ways I kid you not we met in a hot tub. At the Hotel Del Coronado, which is very hard for me to say, so I have to slow down when I say that title. Um, And we hit it off immediately and started talking about some really kind of heavy topics. And there were tears and there were smiles. And one of my friends during that meeting said, oh, my God, she should be on your podcast. So here we are. Fast forward uh, a little while later. And Tina, thank you so much for agreeing to be here today great to be here and see you again. I know I'm it's good to, to see too. you. <laughs> so I would love for you to give a quick little intro to my audience to introduce yourself, but also um, the way I like to start off these, kick off these conversations is how you identify as a start again queen. Okay, uh, that's pretty easily um, easy. I uh,
1: I think the way to start it out is that um, I was at a point in my life just walking down the path. Um, This was in 2009. And it literally is like a spaceship landed and sucked me up. And these things, events happened to me. And two years later, I was plopped back in the path and looked around and said, this looks familiar, but man, is it different. And um, so I think just the series of events that happened rather quickly back to back to back uh, for two years, left me standing there and, and starting again, not knowing that that was going to be the direction I was going in. Absolutely.
0: And, um, do you want to fill my audience in on what those events were? Sure. Um, so my sister, first
1: off, um, was my best friend and she, uh, battled breast cancer. We have kind of a family history and she battled it for a few years, but was on a, a good track. And, and um, then she was out running and things became blurry. Went to the eye doctor, found out she had cancer again, and the other breasts that the doctor hadn't taken out. And so for about a year, I spent um, time as much as I could with her watching her deteriorate and die. Uh, mm-hmm. She left two young girls. And um, after she passed in May of 2009, I really was devastated, felt like it was the end of the world. You know, I'd lost my mm-hmm, best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, three weeks later, my mom was anemic and went in the hospital to get a transfusion. And she coded during that. And um, next thing you know, I'm on a plane to Michigan. And were taking her off life support. And mm-hmm. shortly after that buried her. Mm-hmm. So that was in June, roughly. And then Labor Day weekend, that same year, my son was in a car accident, he was 20 years old, um, college student home on Labor Day weekend, his Jeep rolled over, and he suffered a brain trauma. And um, and he passed away. Mm-hmm. And then January of that year, I thought surely this is going to be a better year. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and went through a year of chemo and five surgeries, but that was the easy part out of all that. So, (laughs) um, so actually that's, um, and then in the middle of that, my husband had an iliac aneurysm and we were at Cleveland clinic for seven weeks, just getting a little bit more brain trauma through that experience. So so literally it was two years. Yeah, it was, it was two years of just then coming up for error and just saying what the F <laughs> and whose yes. life is this,
0: which on this podcast, you can actually say that F word oh, uh, I've freely okay. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> because that's yes, funny. um, all of that definitely warrants a what the fuck moment for exactly. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know you shared some, well, most of that actually, when we met that evening and I just, I thought, Holy shit. If, this woman can survive all of that and come out and find a purpose and meaning to keep going and putting one foot in front of the other, then other people besides me need to hear that story, right? right? So that's the biggest reason why I asked you to come and share today. Um, But when you look at your story, what do you think is the most inspiring part of what I see from the outside looking in? Um, Well, I think that um,
1: one of the things that's most inspiring, and I I hesitate to even go here because it's, I know that I was super gifted by this. Um, So my son was able to donate all eight of his organs, which rarely happens. And matter of fact, only 1% of the population um, are able to donate their organs because the right, the perfect storm has to exist.
0: They have Mm -hmm. to be on
1: event. They have to have a head trauma, you know, all these events that, even if you're healthy as a horse, it's the universe just may not work out that way at the time of Mm -hmm. your death. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge gift to me. And I think that that's a big inspiration. I've been fortunate enough to um, meet or have communication with five of the recipients. And that almost never happens Mm -hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. Either the recipient feels super guilty which I was hard for me to understand. Cause I'm thinking, okay, you got a new lease on life. Oh, well,
0: yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that either. Right.
1: And it's a huge thing that they just know that in order for them to live, somebody had to die mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't a choice though. So, you know, that's what I, one of the things that I try to inspire, one of the boys I'm super close to um, Aaron's left kidney recipient, and he felt this affinity towards Aaron right away. And, and granted, I, so when I took Aaron to get his driver's license, you know, when he was turning 16, he said, mm-hmm. "Mom, what's this organ donor question?" And I was like, "Oh, and like I know nothing, right?" So I'm yeah. like, well, if something happens to you, you know, other people can use your organs." And he's like, "Well, Mom, why wouldn't everybody do that?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe they've got religious things, or you know, I mean, like I basically know nothing." Yes. And so yes. Um, it, it's just interesting that you know a few years later that. 30 second conversation, you know, came back to, to play. And now wow. I know way more than maybe even I want to know, but, sure. uh, but um, that was a huge gift to me because it, it didn't bring my son back, of course, but the fact that for instance, in San Diego, this right now it just ended two days ago, they have something called the transplant games and it was in San Diego this year, every, it moves around,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um, Austin, the kidney recipient went and compet- competed in those games. Oh and, wow. Yeah. And so he's been doing it, you know, for several years and meets the same person that he competed against. And so it's just a really um awesome thing. But the reverence that they have for the donors, yeah, it's really incredible. But it's um it was a gift to me because I thought from the beginning, anything good that can come out of this, guess what? I'm gonna grab onto it. Yeah,
0: because absolutely. the
1: situation please. sucks. So you know what, if, if there's yeah. something good about it, you know, let's go for it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love that. Well, I love that you have found that direction. And isn't that the way life is where we, we learn way more than we want to know about a topic, but sometimes, you know, that's what gets us up out of bed in the morning. Right. Right. Yeah. That. That's for sure. Yeah, well, um, and so you sent me some pictures, which I will be sharing as well through social media of the different recipients. Um, and so the tattoo that you there's a picture of a tattoo, and is that of this gentleman you were just speaking? No, of? um, okay. that is of the liver recipient, and
1: okay. um, he was actually a military guy, and he had um, Hep C, and his stomach okay. would become so distended, he was having to go in and have just leaders and leaders drained off his out of his abdomen just oh, to wow. function constantly and um he got the call that there was a, a a liver donor and he was so sick he couldn't even hold his plaque at his retirement they you know retired him from the military oh, wow. he couldn't even hold he had to have help and then he got Aaron's uh kidney I mean he's was like where was Waldo, you know, camping, Uh doing all these different things. And so he got that tattoo though, in loving memory of, of Aaron Webster. And he said, you know, it's all about God, country and Aaron for me. Yeah. And so those are the little blessings that came with, you know, it's like you sit here with your fist just clenched. And I remember being in the hospital, just Mm -hmm. going, Lord, just, and he looked like he's in a dentist chair. You know, he had some dirt in his belly button from the accident, but I mean, all in all, he, looked amazing. Like he was just sleeping and I'm just going, you know, don't, don't take him, you know, just grasping onto my thing. Yes, yes. And little by little through this, you know, I've just opened my hands and pried my fingers off. And when you do that and you live open-handedly, it's amazing what will get sent in there. You know, you'd like to send those gifts back. Yeah. A lot of times you're kind of like, eh, not so much into that, but yeah. they're, uh, but they, they're what gets you, they're what gets you through. Had I yeah, not received totally. these just amazing gifts out of the blue,
0: I wouldn't have made it probably. Yeah. Well, I know we feel that way often, but I'm glad you made it. And I am, I have been, you know, super pleased to meet you and know you and um, learn more about organ donation. So I, when I, you know, first got my driver's license at 16, I also had the same sentiment that Aaron did. I thought, why wouldn't everybody do this? And it wasn't until I started having conversations with my family and friends about the fact that I wanted to be a donor, a donator,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, donor, that's the word that's I'm looking okay. for, um, that I realized a lot of people do have some hesitancy and strong feelings against it. Um, so definitely want to bring that into our conversation as well. Um, sure. to give you the opportunity to talk about what you have learned and, um, what mm-hmm. people need to know. You said right. that there were some myths out there that I'd love sure. to debunk. Right. And, and um,
1: I speak at a lot of schools and you'll, we raise, raised, you know, how many people are organ donors and, you know, a lot of hands shoot up, but then there's those hands that aren't when I, when I call on like young kids and ask them, you know, what's stopping you? Um, it's usually the, the one or two crazy movies that come out a year, you know, like selling organs you know, in the black market, that sort Uh of thing. Um, One of the big ones, um, surprisingly for kids, is, well, if I'm in an accident or something happens to me, the doctors aren't going to treat me the same way. They're not going to try to help me. And and the the thing about that is that, like when you go to the ERED, they don't know you're an organ donor. I mean, their job is to save your life. The organ donor is such a separate entity. Like the organ wherever you're at, you know, life share, whatever it is, they come in only when you meet that criteria of having a brain injury. You know, these certain things have to be triggered and then they're called. Um, The nurses are obligated to call them in. And then like in Aaron's case, there were teams that literally flew in around the country to Mm -hmm. harvest his organs. This Mm -hmm. isn't like you know, your local yokel thing. They're just saying, Hey, yeah. got me a heart here. Who wants it? You know what I mean? And yeah. So yeah. such a complicated thing. And they would come in during the process when Aaron was there, you know, it, it took probably three days that he was in the hospital, um, where they're making different calls and connections. And they would call and say, um, there was a lady in Cleveland that was going to be a good candidate for one of the lungs. And, they they called the doctor up and she, they're like, you know, she's just really not in a good place right now to do it. And he'd have to turn it back in. So it's a very complicated situation. And the heart has they do 4D imaging, and that heart has to fit in the other person's cavity, like precisely. That's not mm-hmm. something that's just okay, close is good enough. So these things are are very complicated. And um, but the great thing is that by the time we'd get through with our talks, and I'd show them some pictures like of. of the the organ recipients, they realize that my son went out of this world a hero. Yeah. They want totally. that too. Like, how many of us could go out of this world being a hero by something that we just decided to do, you know, because it was maybe the right thing to do? Or, you know, and I understand if people don't want to do that, you know, I totally get it, but it's like get the facts first. And I think another thing is that a lot of times people, by just even saying that, you know, like mom's going to be an organ donor, we have to look at the fact that she might die someday, and that's a whole other topic.
0: That's a whole different topic that we're going to touch on. Hopefully,
1: yeah, that's a whole other topic. But, but um, so I think it's um, it's really exciting to talk about organ donation because it's something that is one of like if I talk about breast cancer, my breast cancer, everybody Mm -hmm. knows someone who's had it. Or we've had it ourselves or we've been we've been touched by it and we know that there's treatments and what it, it is what it is, but with organ mm-hmm. donation, it's still one of those things that is untapped and we aren't doing it enough
0: education about it. I totally agree. I know one person in my life who is and she's a recipient of a kidney. Mm-hmm. She has named her kidney and celebrates every year the receiving of this organ because it saved her life. Exactly, she's um she has diabetes and um and desperately needed the kidney that, and I think gosh I want to think how many years it's been but, uh I'm gonna say, fifteen or sixteen years it's been a long time. So be resilient. That's a great, yeah yeah and and that and that's just um,
1: that's truly awesome and I hope she's tried at least to reach out to her, um her donor family because it, I it will have to together. ask her. Yeah. I will have to ask her. Don't. They just don't want to go there and they feel guilty, whatever, like I've touched on before. So but yeah, when it yeah. came together like that, it's like an adoption process where um it's really a beautiful thing. And for me to um I call Austin Aaron's little kidney keeper. You know, and to watch him grow mm, up yes. and go to college and things like that, that I didn't um it it's it's a gift for me. It's been a huge, yes. huge gift. It was a gift to him. Yes. But man, yes. I'm telling you, for me to know that he still lives on in somebody, that's a huge gift for me. That make, that's cha- that changed everything.
0: Totally. Um, One of my first guests on a podcast, um, her son died from DIPG and she, uh, I've learned a lot about um, grieving moms specifically who have lost a child, which is its own special kind <clears throat> of grief that. Yes. It's a club no one wants to belong to, but she often says the worst thing she can think of is that people forget her son. Yeah. And so for her to have ways to talk about him and to have people remember him has been one of the best things for her. So I can see that kind of coming through in your story sure. as well. Yeah. It's uh
1: you know, and I don't know if we're ready to go on to the the next thing I was gonna say, but sure. It's uh one of my big realizations of this whole thing, you know, and remember I lost a sister with an illness, Mm -hmm. a long-term illness. And then I lost my mom, you know, from a a quick illness Mm -hmm. and then this accident. And the one takeaway that, or the one thing I learned about or learned is that it matters how we die. And I came up with this point system kind of, um oh because, yes
0: I forgot about this yes please yeah. tell everyone about this well
1: and it's not I the numbers change every time I say it this is not sure. like a so <laughs> but it's um as a society we really suck at grief and death yes we do we really don't want to step into that space and so um I developed this point system though so it's like when my sister died it was super sad because she was young she left mm-hmm. kids behind so she's mm-hmm. maybe like a 70 on the scale, you know, mm-hmm. and then my mom died and, um, you know, she was 71 and, and people are like, you know, that's really sad and, and whatever, but she's maybe 50 and, um, and then Aaron died and that's the loss of a kid. And that's right. the worst. You all can imagine that. And yep. I'm here to tell you it's a hundred times worse than even what we could have imagined. So that gives you like a 90 on the scale, 95. I mean, you can't get a whole lot unless you lost twins or something in an accident. I mean, it can certainly get worse, but you're pretty high up there on a scale. You know, a kid in the middle of college or a young kid in elementary school, you're just going to get a lot of points out of that. And people are going to walk with you a little bit longer um, Mm in that because it's higher up on the point scale. You lose a grandparent and you're probably not going to get a card in the mail. Maybe one, maybe two. How old Mm -hmm. were they? They were sick, we rationalize it in our mind. You yeah. know, they're, they're old and they whatever, even if that grandparent maybe raised me, or maybe that grandparent was the rock uh, of my earth. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. really matter as far as the people around you. A yes. spouse, mm-hmm. they're going to be a little bit lower, and, and it matters how they died. Um, and so that's kind of my point system. And point in case, um, my niece Jenna um, was my sister's daughter and she was in middle school. And um, so I spent a lot of time out there before and after. And that's even one of the reasons why we moved out to San Diego after my sister died, because they lived out there. And um, one day, Jenna says to me after school, she said, you know, Aunt Tina, nobody cares that mom died. It had been maybe mm. three months. And I said, what are you talking about? Oh, wow. Of course they care. And she goes, no, I mean, they don't. No one ever brings it up. They don't talk about it. They don't anything. And I said, well, Jenna, I I mean, I know you're confused. I started talking to some of the moms because I had to drive her to friends' houses and things like that. And one of the shocking things to me was that the moms had all told their kids, don't bring it up to Jenna. Don't say anything about her mom. You don't want to get her sad, whatever. And when I told the moms what that sounded like to Jenna, what that felt like, they were shocked. And, and yeah, so yeah, all yeah. these, all these realizations though, of just
0: like, gosh, even as adults, we really suck at this. We really suck at this. And, yes. and I had the same exact conversation with Melissa when she lost her son she said you know there's this idea and it is in the society the way we grieve very poorly that we are afraid to bring up the person who died we don't want to mention their name because we don't want the person to be sad and she's like i'm going to be sad either way right i Believe desperately me. want to talk about my son and it makes me feel better to do that right. and it it was and that's one of the reasons i was really glad she came on the podcast and to have this avenue to help educate other people and to let them know that the, the hurtfulness and the damage it causes to not talk about them, even though everyone means well, and they think they're doing the right thing. It in fact is the opposite of what that person needs. Right. And, and when I talk at schools, I try to bring that up a lot
1: with kids mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, kids are smart. They, they will raise their hand and say, you know, I had a friend last year that's dad died, you know, what can I do? And, and they really want to know. And so it's a great yeah. opportunity with, with young people, that I tried to say, number one, realize how long this journey is. You know, you don't really start even feeling it. Like, even as I'm talking to you now, I really say, is this my life? I mean, I feel like I'm fucking lying because this can't possibly be my life. Like it almost feels out of body, even this many years out of it. I can't believe this is my story, honestly. So it's, um, so I, you know, I taught, try to talk about, um, about just the length, because we get really bored as a society too. And it's like, oh my gosh, are they still going to talk about Johnny forever? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, it and turns th- out, yes, they are. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and we're going to think about them and we're going to, yes. you know, um, right. We're going to, we're going to do that. So that's kind of my, um, my big surprise, if you would say about how I didn't realize how bad we suck. And it's kind of like, that one subject in class that you're really, really bad at. Like for me, it was math. And so you mm-hmm. always avoid it. You yeah. had so many people that come up. I'm so sorry. I didn't go to your son's funeral. Um, I just couldn't handle, you know, it would be too sad. I couldn't do it. And I'm like going, you know, what? I didn't want to go either. I don't care. I didn't want there. to be there. I didn't want to yeah. be there. That's the last place I wanted to be. And, yeah. and so it doesn't matter. But so a lot of people rise up that you don't expect that you get in your life. You know, like even you, people that are willing to kind of enter that space yeah. And then the people that you really thought would be there for the long haul aren't. And that's aren't. okay. It, it feels like you know, you walk into a room and maybe you have a bunch of those pickup sticks. Remember those from when you were a kid?
0: Yes. And you trip
1: and they go all over the place. Yes. And you don't have a lot of energy and you pick up the ones like I mean, just every day you p- try to pick up one or two, but there are some under the couch that you'll never yeah. go back and get. So there's gonna be yeah. people that you let go of or things that you let go of. And and, and so you might just have a small little bundle you hang on to, and it might be all new, you know, just, it, but it is what it is. And that's kind of yeah. how you get
0: through. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my next questions I was going to ask you was what the most surprising challenge was that you faced. Yeah. So I, what do you think yeah. your, your answer is to how you overcame that? Like, what's your strategy? What's your approach? Yeah.
1: Well, I think, People... yeah, I do think when you have something you can turn it into, Um, like for me, the organ donation was a natural, um, thing. And I think the big thing was the big surprise was just how bad that we suck about it. And, and that I do try to educate people. I don't, I can't change the whole society, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: one person at a time, um, you know, I, I try any chance that I can. Um, and I, and I, and I do something I call grief walking, And Mm -hmm. that's kind of when you, if you ask the direction I go, I have a lot of people that over the past have come in my life or they happen and I walk with them. And, um, because even if you go to a council, I've got a friend right now that she said, number one, I went and, and she lost somebody in the military, her son. And so she, um, went to the military therapist that they provide. And they're oh, like, number one, he looks fifteen, and number two, I don't think he's lost a pet toad. And so, you know, sometimes, like you said earlier, the sheer fact that um, that I'm still standing, I have skin on. Sometimes that's enough for a person to look at me when they're desperate like that, and and they look at it and they just say, okay, if, if you're telling me I can make it, if you've made yep. it, maybe I can. But you get texts, you know, like in the middle of the night saying. I can't breathe. I don't think I can go on yes. whatever. And if you can just get them through to the next, yep. whatever that is, and then gently just try to help them pry one finger at a time so that they don't miss out on these surprise things that drop in. You don't yeah. want to miss out on that either. you know.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And yes, there is absolute value in someone else seeing your struggle and what you did with it. And that's not to say everyone's going to go on to help people grieve or talk about organ donation. But like my my friend who lost her son, she went on to raise money for the Cure Starts Now, which is specifically yeah. pediatric cancer and, and raising money to help fund. Like she she did something sure. with yes. that. I'm saying it could be anything. I have
1: a, another yeah. friend that lost her, her son and they organized an annual beach cleanup because he was a big surfer.
0: No, I'm I not saying that. it's got to
1: be huge. It's just got to no. be something where friends have a place to come out and, and, uh, you know, share their story, share it. Cause it's that one thing that somebody says like, Oh, I ran across this picture mm-hmm. of your person or something like that, where it is it, in her case, it's the not forgetting, um, Absolutely. because it is a, such a lonely journey because even if you, even if you lost the same kid, like my husband and I lost the same kid and man, did we do it differently. Yep. And oh, that's got- such
0: a that is such a good point. In fact, I want to ask your opinion. Um, this isn't in my question. So um sure. tell me if you're not comfortable talking about this. But one of the things I read about grieving parents specifically is so many of them end up divorced. Wow. And I think the reason that piqued my interest is obviously my work has been in divorce recovery. Um and where am I going with this question? <laughs> Right. I, I was just wondering, um, kind of yeah. your take on that, because you, you said what I think is at the core of that mm-hmm. is that people grieve so differently, even if it's the same person who was lost. And I, I feel like that's probably where that disconnect starts happening, yeah. but what's your opinion on that? Yeah. You know, I would have
1: assumed, uh, you know, I, I knew someone when I was younger, first married that had lost a child and they ended up getting divorced. And I said, and this child had drowned in a pool. And I, I, I thought, I wonder if they blame each other or like, mm-hmm. you know, one was supposed to be watching, whatever. And I kind of always assume maybe that was it a little bit. That we blamed each other for something or, or whatever, but it is about the path, you know, and you each have to go through and walk the fire alone. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I went to a grief share group. Um, and what that is, is, you know, you're sitting in a, in a group and you watch these videos every week. And that's another way that I found out that um, I have two conflicting thoughts right now. So I'll, I'll yes. kinda, uh, get, I'm getting tangled in that. But they show you a video and and we had someone that lost their brother and a husband and a husband. And um, the question was, do you feel like there's anybody rushing you to get back on yes. the house quicker? So we yes. go around the room and I said, yeah, I feel like it's my husband. I mean, I can't get off the couch. And he's mm-hmm. just telling me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I need to get back. I need to do this. I need to do that. Aaron had a girlfriend and she needed to get back in school. She had a full scholarship and oh. she ended up moving in with us and sleeping in his old bedroom because she just couldn't mm-hmm. breathe and took time yeah. off school. Yeah. And, um, but he was telling us how to do it, you know, yes. how, how we needed to grieve. Yes. And, um, and it, it made me angry for one thing, but then, so here's my other conflicting thoughts. So the leader of this group said to me um, you need to honor your husband. You don't know how lucky you are to have a husband, you know, mine, mine, because oh. yes, hers has died. Yes. And then I realized, Oh yeah. Like losing a husband isn't the same as losing a kid and we don't get each other. And she didn't mean to, she couldn't help herself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that brought up that triggered for her. The fact that I was talking negative about him in her
0: opinion. Yes. And that, all she wanted was to bring her husband back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. that was another way I realized like, oh my gosh, this has so many different facets of totally. grief is not created equal. You know, it is no. not. Um, but it, it's about the path. And it's yes. about like me being pissed off at him telling me how to do it. And yes. then him feel, me feeling like he's judging me for what I am or not doing. And and then he decided that he's kind of a workaholic, but he decided he was going to start doing triathlons. Well, then he did start doing triathlons and he got the irregular heart and that's how he ended up at Cleveland Clinic for seven weeks because he got oh my a, goodness. This, this tearing in this whole thing. So it's about, I think that, that we do different paths, but it's yeah. also that if you, what I, if I tell you when I was sucked up by the alien spaceship and then dropped back yes, and going like, you know, where the hell am I? And this is so different. You just become such a different person. Like just you are not the same person, and yeah. so to expect to be the same, him the same, me the same, whatever, you just aren't. Yeah. And sometimes you can still become and be your greatest cheerleaders and stuff, and sometimes it just doesn't work anymore
0: because you're yeah. just different. Yeah. That's it's interesting opinion. that that that's helpful. Thank you. Um, it's interesting that you said you know all grief is not created equal. I actually have a chapter in my book. It's about re- like recovering after divorce and rebuilding your life, but I have an entire chapter devoted to grief because I think, and it kind of ties back to your point system. There's this idea that, well, I'm sad because I got a divorce and that's not the same as someone else who is grieving the loss of someone who actually died. Right. Mm -hmm. And so kind of my point in this book was grief is grief. Yes. And there's a lot of similarities and it, it isn't about calculating whose is worse than another's it's that you are dealing with some sort of a loss and how do you do that as a person how do you walk that path and get through that um so that's interesting it kind of pulled back both of your different stories okay so to shift gears slightly unless one one quick thing yes when I I was in a
1: a bible study actually right after Aaron died and there was a woman going through a, a kind of a nasty divorce and you know I felt like she and I related Mm -hmm. almost more closely than a lot of other, for whatever reason. And you're right, the loss. Somehow she kept saying, I know mine sounds as bad as yours, but we were so in tune, in sync with that grief that that was another thing that surprised me is that, no, it's not all created equal. There Mm -hmm. can be super similarities just based on the openness of where you're at right that moment and the pain that you're feeling.
0: Yeah, I think um, one of the things I've tried- just learning from, I've watched many, more of my friends lose a child than I would like to admit and watching that process. And now as I'm getting older, there's friends are starting to lose their parents. Um, and so watching people grieve the loss of a loved one that comes from death and seeing how many people follow this similar process when they get a divorce, that's where I started drawing those similarities and realizing it's not surprising at all for me to hear you say that the two of you kind of saw eye to eye, because it's more about the process and the path and how you're, how you are grieving. That is, um, I think that's most helpful, but basically giving, and we all want to minimize, oh, mine isn't as bad as someone else's without just giving ourselves credit for the fact that we are experiencing a loss of some sort that warrants a grieving process. Exactly. Anyhow. Um, okay. So my next question is, so you've been, you know, abducted by aliens and put down in this life and you're like, how the hell is this my life? Um, and you, you have the gift of hindsight at this point, if you were to look back at the younger you and give her advice, what would you say? Yeah. You know,
1: that's really tough because I think if I had known what I was going to go through, I would have jumped, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just would have said, no way, man, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I probably mm-hmm. would have done it. So I, you know, I'd like to say um, maybe be more prepared. I mean, I think it really helps if we have posses in our life that we are willing to step in with people and not avoid Um, if we can go the distance with people, no matter what they're going through versus just, it doesn't fit my timeline right now or whatever. So, I mean, if, I think if I was younger, you know, and usually you're so busy, you can't do that and you do life and you just do the fun things, you know, you're going to the sports events and you're doing this, but it is like someone losing a parent. And instead of being that one that you just text and say, Hey, if you need anything, blah, 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 but maybe step one inch farther in than that, Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. two inches. And maybe mm-hmm. you go for the long haul. Maybe you're the only person six months from now that just say, how are you doing? Let's go to lunch and talk mm-hmm. about it. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't have really entered my mind to do that. If they called me, I certainly would have done it. Yes. I didn't know what I know now as far as the pain that loss causes. Like I remember going shopping for like one of the first times after Aaron died, like it'd been weeks, but I touched a blouse and it physically hurt my fingertips. Mm -hmm. that's how bad the pain hurt. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know pain that, you know, there could be that kind of physical pain. And so there are a lot of people going out with that and we don't want to go there. We don't want to bother them. We don't want to upset them. We don't want to what, you know, I don't know,
0: but we,
1: you know, I think we should try.
0: Yes. Well, and if I've learned anything and I learned a lot about the ways that I can support someone else who's grieving better than I had in the past, because I've made a lot of mistakes as well. And there was one particular funeral. I literally kicked myself and will for the rest of my life that I did not go because I was that person who said, yeah. I can't handle that. And now I have attempted to make up for lost time because I learned how important it was to continue showing up. And this friend of mine, is way nicer to me than I deserve. But she has said that my continuing to be there was right. more helpful to her yes. than had I been there in the moment that she was in such a fog. She says, right. I can't tell you who was there or who wasn't there. That's so exactly right. like continuing, she will tell me continuing to beat myself up over that is, isn't helpful, but that I, ha- that's my lesson is that I, there are ways that we can show up for people. Right. And it's not about saying the right thing. Cause newsflash, there's not a thing to say that makes it better. Right. Like there's not a perfect thing, but to be there and say, how can I be with you today? And just to show up because I see everyone say the same thing. Oh, let me know how I can help. Right. And my advice to those people who are saying that is they don't know how you can help. So right. you just need to show up and do whatever is on your heart that feels yeah. like the kind, gentle thing to do to yeah. support your friend. Um, because I don't think there is there's well, there's a lot of wrong things that we can yes. say. And people yeah. do say those. Yeah. What is the top one that comes to mind for you? The wrong thing to say. Well, if I could um without being specific, because I can be specific if you want,
1: but I think it's one, don't over ask. You know, unless you're a detective and you need to be asking those questions. And I have had oh. I've had friends that are have their kid has been murdered. I've had lots of different people I've walked with. Yeah. But don't ask. Don't say, you know, do you think? He was texting and driving. Um, do you think it's none of your business? If they want to share with you, they will. So don't ask.
0: Yes, I like that. That's good.
1: And another one is don't overshare. We want people to think, we want them to know we relate. So we're going to share about my cousin's auto accident 20 years ago so oh, that God. you can relate and you're re traumatizing this person's brain. Like my brain had gone through all kinds of trauma, yeah. you know, witnessing my son's stuff. Yep. So when you show up and tell me about a cousin 20 years ago, that their car rolled five times, my brain has to hear that and process it. And I don't have room for it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. you're actually creating more trauma in someone's brain. So those are the things, one of the funnier things I thought, you know, like I had a lot of people say, well, you know, God really needed another angel, you mm-hmm. know, taking Aaron. And I'm thinking we are all in deep shit. If God couldn't do this without Aaron, Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> My, I mean, my, I love my Aaron, he's a character, I mean, whatever, but if God was in that much trouble that he needed my kid, we are all super duper in yes. trouble, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, so I think it, you know, one of the best things, so I, I called a friend and I told her what happened and she showed up at my doorstep and she said, Tina, I don't know what to say. And I said, Ann, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And that was the best thing she could have said was, I don't yeah. know what to say, because I didn't know what to say. And so we just there, stood, we hugged and that was it. That's yeah. all we needed. Yeah.
0: They're magic words. I tell you, because I think everyone wants to know like the magic phrase, like, what can I say to make it better? And there isn't, no, there isn't, but just saying, I don't know what to say. And just showing up is the value. And it doesn't
1: matter if it's a plate of brownies. It doesn't matter if it's a card, we're not keeping score. It's just, and it's more important later, like about six weeks in, 12 mm-hmm. weeks in, people are back to their normal life, you know, and you, there's no more cards coming in. There's no more anything. And that's when you really realize that you're alone, you know, six yes. weeks out, you're going, oh crap. I mean, I've, cause all the preparations are done. You've picked up ashes, you've done all that business. And now you've got to walk through that fire. And, and so, um, you know, and it really helps to have, I've found somebody like me in your life where you're a step ahead.
0: And mm-hmm. you can yes. say you're, doing, you're doing
1: okay, you you know, so if you've experienced something like that, then use that talent, because, um, and I've put people together before that, that I thought lived in the same town or, or something like that. Said, so could you just show up for them? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it's just text buddies. That is the perfect thing. Because, you know, I've got one guy right now that will text me and just, you know, he's on the fringe. Mm-hmm. And um, to just say, you know what, you're, you, did you get out of bed this morning? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm gosh, you're doing great. Mm
0: -hmm. That's enough. Well, and you just brought up something that I think is really important. Uh, Again, people tend to minimize their own experiences and think, well, I'm not fully healed. How can I possibly help someone? But just being one step ahead of where someone is with skin on valuable. Yes. Yes. You're like, well, heck, if you're just, you've made just that much improvement, maybe like sometimes that's all that someone can fathom for their survival is what yes. that very next step looks like. So there's, right. there's a lot of value in there. Yeah. Um, okay. So another question I have for you is where are you going from here? What's next for you?
1: You know, I don't know. I, I kind of blow in the wind. Um, things like this open up like for me. And I, I really do think it's a, it's a universe thing where mm-hmm. um, I mean, I can't even tell you the stories that happen, but I, I really just do my education thing and I'm doing the one person at a time. I would love to read a book, write a book, but then I'm like, who would want to read it? I mean, that's oh. that's the other voice, but I'm going like, seriously, I don't even want to, I wouldn't want to read it. You
0: know, it's it's one of those things that- um, The, the I, people, I like to, you should but, absolutely write a book and it's the people who are steps behind you that would read that book. Yeah,
1: well, maybe that's the direction I'm going then. Maybe this is- I like, love
0: that. Okay, good. We just worked awesome. out my future. <laughs> There you go. There you go. It's yeah. just the next step forward. It's just, there we go. I, I always say baby steps are better than no steps. Yes. We don't yes. need to know where the path is leading. We just need to know how to take the very next step.
1: Yep. Yep. And yeah, you can't, that's you awesome. Can't undermine that. That's a, I no, mean, that's a
0: beautiful lesson. Yeah. Well, okay. So I am going to venture to guess that some people are going to want to have you come speak to an organization of theirs or somehow get in touch with you. So how can people find you? Well, um, I'm not super on social media, but I do have a Facebook page
1: and I do have an Instagram and I have an email. So do you want me to say those or do
0: you want to post them later or what? I, I will, um, include all the links in the show notes to each of those places so that people can totally find you. Um, and that's amazing because I, I know without a doubt, there's going to be some sort of connection that's made after this. Particular episode, and I would like to help facilitate that. Well, I hope so.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: we need to change society. One person at a time. We do. We totally (laughs) do. And I think this is a very good start. And I am so appreciative of your time. And I'm so pleased that I met you in that hot tub. (laughs) Yes. Right. That's
1: totally got them. So thank you for that. It,
0: It totally was. So thank you again for being here today. All right. Thank you. Okay, listen, are you struggling to find what your true purpose really is? You should try journaling. At the very least, it will get you to a better feeling place than where you are right now. I've created a set of journal prompts to get you on your way to discovering who you truly are and where you want to go from here. My free download is called Journal Yourself to Joy, and it's available at shanalee.com under free stuff. These are my tried and true journal prompts that will raise your energy, increase your positivity, and brighten your day. Download yours today.